This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. Use the promo code BLUECHIP to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renition. I am joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best co-host in the business, Devin Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, man? A little bit of pep in my step today. Let's get yeah, it. Yeah, pretty, pretty good, man. Been a, been a busy day of work, um, even busier tomorrow. Uh, just to give you kind of, and whoever's listening, kind of an insight. Uh, so mobile betting in Louisiana goes live tomorrow or today when you're listening to oh. this. So uh, since I'm part of the kind of the betting crew on uh, NOLA.com, uh, we've been kind of basically preparing for this and like, you know, pre-writing articles ahead of time and getting ready for that. So tomorrow or today when you're listening to this, it'll be a, a busy day of uh, talking about betting content and uh, it's it's going to be a big day in Louisiana since betting got started on Halloween back in October. And then they've just been waiting. They've been, um, this is getting way off track, but uh, basically, oh, no, go for it. But basically what's uh, taking it so long or what took so long for, for mobile to happen is that there are 64 parishes in Louisiana and only 55 approved it. So they've been trying to geofence like if you're in a certain parish that doesn't have it, then you won't be able to place a bet basically. So shame on those other nine. Yeah. So <laughs> basically uh, that's, that's what's taken so long. And I think New York just launched like a couple of weeks ago, uh, like three weeks ago or so uh, and they had their mobile betting launch. So now Louisiana joins in on the fun. Well, it seems as though I got to get down to Louisiana to do some legal betting. Plenty other things to do besides that, but that's it's not <laughs> like maybe hang out with my co-host, but besides that, but yeah. Uh, but no, we got a, we got an interesting show for you guys today. Um, we are first going to break down some of the news that happened this week. One big piece of news, but also Devin has a very special interview with Toledo safety Tyson Anderson. You go over a whole bunch of stuff, so stay tuned for that. But before we get into any of that. We are first going to take a look at the big news in the NFL. Do you know what news I'm talking about, Devin? I mean, there's been a couple of things happening, so. I'm pretty I, sure I, the Bengals released someone off of their practice squad. Now, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, ben Roethlisberger retired after 18 seasons in the NFL. I'm going to be completely honest with you. There's like three more than he probably should have had. I'm sorry, Yinzers. I understand you guys made the playoffs this year. It wasn't due to Ben. I understand you guys made the playoffs last year. It wasn't due to Ben either. Um, <laughs> Ben's been a struggle wagon since 2017, if we're being honest. Yeah, that, that, uh, was, a, that was a year they probably should have made it to the Super Bowl or at least made it to the AFC Championship game. It was the year they lost to the Jags. That was um, the year they lost to the Jags. Remember when the Jags had a thing going on Well, for that one all, year? They had probably one of the better defenses we've seen over the last decade. They had Dante yeah. Fowler, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack. All on rookie contracts. I tell you what, look, the Jag I know Jaguars are a disaster right now, and I still understand why Byron Leftwich isn't the head coach, but well, I also dude, do. I mean, like but, why why wouldn't you hitch your wagon to the guy that's like destroyed the San Francisco 49ers fresh off of a Super Bowl appearance and, and then has and then gutted that roster and is like 10 wins over his last three seasons as a GM and arc and put together somehow one of the weaker drafts in the NFL last year despite having Trevor Lawrence in it yeah I mean I am full team left which and Wilson uh, and I am also team get Trent Balky the hell out of my face. 
it's funny how we went from Big Ben to the Jaguars, but anyways, they always speaking of fucking Jaguars. Uh, (laughs) Back to the topic at hand. Obviously, Um, I don't think it's an an overstatement to say that uh, Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback, aren't they? Do you know what this isn't a good year to need, Devin? A quarterback. Yeah. Do you know what they don't have on roster that gives me any sense of hope? A quarterback. Yeah. I'm I mean, sorry. I mean, offensive line is also a big issue for them. Just I mean, yeah. Put that out there, but. <laughs> the offensive line's pretty shite, too. But. Um... Let's see. One of these quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. Is death an option? Because if death's an option, I'll just take that. The sad thing is I am that... so glad I'm not a Steelers fan right now. Steelers fans, by the way, are screaming at me in this fucking podcast right now. Probably. Uh, but, but when you think about the situation they're in, even if they draft the quarterback, it's still going to be rough because they still have to upgrade that offensive line. Uh, they, I think they brought back Matt Canada, but he hasn't been really uh, a difference maker to that offense uh i think they had to replace their defensive coordinator uh they're gonna yeah, I think, retired plus they're getting a, a new gm potentially so yeah yeah kevin colbert i think is retiring even though espn's john clayton was the first one to report it and now he's re- refuting the reporters that reported it which but means it i guess him. he's called yeah he's <laughs> calling himself out he is that meme and i don't know what it's from now we're all trying to figure out who started this. The guy's dressed as a hot dog. That is John Clayton right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with that. But, the yeah, Steelers have some problems, man. And, um, I mean, it's, it's not going to get any easier. I mean, TJ Watt, I think they just paid him. They paid Minka Fitzpatrick, so they're locked in those two No, contracts. they haven't paid him yet. Oh, well, They have to pay him. They're going to have to address that this offseason. So they, they have a lot of questions right now. And the receiving core, they might lose Juju Smith um, as well. Uh, and he's talking about maybe going to the Chiefs, even though he should have just went there last year, in my opinion. But Devin's, Devin's, Devin's just taking all the shots today. No, listen, like, you know, kind of seeing kind of the Steelers over the last two years, you know, I, I think they're – when you think about the the quarterbacks that have retired recently, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, um, you know, maybe Tom Brady does this year. We'll see. I think the Steelers are worse off now that he's gone. And it's, it's not because of him necessarily. It's because they've tied so much money into him and everything that they really haven't up, upgraded anything especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you, you draft Najee Harris first round, and, you know, it's a great luxury pick if your team that's, uh, you know, a playmaker away or two. But they have plenty of playmakers. But offensive line was the need that they need to go after last year in the draft class. And I, I think because they didn't address it to, I think, round three or round four, um, you know, it, it it's just questionable decision-making there, and now they're in a situation where Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, takes the reign next year, and to be honest with you, um, based on what everyone else is doing in the division, it's not it's not a good look for the Steelers right now. You you will pick them. Most people will pick them to finish last. I know they have Mike Tomlin. I was going to say, they're, they're in for listen, a big-time struggle for a couple of years now. Yeah, Mike Tomlin is great. He's a great coach. But as the Saints saw this year, if you don't have a good quarterback, man, it's going to be bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After James Winston went down, they struggled mightily. And, and you're telling me Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is better than that? Can't sell me on that one. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about it. I mean, obviously, we've seen Mason Rudolph as a starting quarterback in the NFL. It didn't go well. Uh, and, and when I say that, I mean, we've seen them in limited action and, it, and in that limited action, we've known that it's not, it's not a thing that you want. If Mason Rudolph is your starting quarterback, you are in trouble. Listen, they, 
the with the Steelers, their their defense is built so well that they can still, still... though. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing: Ben may have had a noodle arm for three straight years, and the running game may have been non-existent because of the allergy to blocking that the offensive line had. However, like Ben was still able to get the ball where it needed to go more often than not. More often than not, I'm not going to say he was perfect, but he, because like I said, he was a struggle wagon. But I mean, you you can't you can't with with you can't convince me that you could even contend for the playoffs with Mason Rudolph. Because I know you, I know what what people are going to say. Well, well, Mike, you know the Rams made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Yeah. <laughs> And Mason Rudolph is nowhere near the level of quarterback that Jared Goff is. Uh, And Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I really hope Dwayne Haskins hasn't figured out what he needs to have figured out, if you know what I'm referring to. Like, obviously, there was, it seems like the reports from what, from his time in Washington, that he was just really immature. And I really hope that being in around that organization, never mind, it's the Steelers. that may not have yeah that probably didn't help if we're being honest it probably made it worse so that brings me to my <laughs> that brings me to option three Devin drafting a QB now they pick 20th yeah now when you look at the board obviously you and I are on the same page that if we needed a quarterback this year. I mean, I think if I, I, I don't know about you, but if I was a GM and my owner said that you had to draft a quarterback this year, uh, I'd start typing up my resignation letter because I'm not pinning my name to any of these fucking guys. None of them, not oh. one of them. I don't think any of them are going to be, a, a, are going to be a first round grade for me. I don't even know how close to a first round grade. Any of them are going to be my point being that as bad as we think that this draft is a quarterback, one of them's going to, at least one's going to go in the top half of the first round. Like if EJ Manuel goes 15th overall in 2013, which is somehow a worse draft class than this one, one of these guys is going to go before then. Which means where, first of all, who would be the first quarterback? Because if it's not the one I think it is, there's the obvious hometown connection with Kenny Pickett. But, like, if Kevin Colbert is going to be the GM for this draft, is he going to have the liberty to trade up for a quarterback? I don't think you trade up for a quarterback uh, in this class, but if they're – depends on the guy they fall in love with. I think when you look at Pittsburgh, the way they're structured right now, I think you can eliminate Carson Strong off the list. Not because I don't think he'll be a fine fit, but he can't – operate behind the offensive line and it doesn't seem like the Steelers are gonna I could be wrong I don't think they're gonna you know infuse a lot of cash into their offensive line and and you know use top 50 capital to get an offensive lineman they they needed offensive line last year and they think they waited to the third round to get Kendra Green and then fourth or fifth round to get Dan Moore and and neither of those guys really have it's early on in their careers, but neither of them played particularly well this season. But when you look at what the Steelers have done traditionally, I, I just feel like if they're going to go quarterback, to me, the the pick seemed to be someone that's somewhat mobile. mobile. So Sam Howell could be the pick there. Um, I don't think they touched Matt Corral. I don't think he's their type, the type of quarterback they want because the Steelers are very particular on the measurables and and – all the, all the kind of they have a checklist of the quarterbacks they typically go after, and when you look at that checklist, it's quarterbacks like Sam Howell, his type of build. Um, I, I think I will add Carson Strong to that list, but I ultimately think the the lack of mobility and maybe his knee prevents him from from getting picked by them. I don't really, I don't think Malik Willis really fits what they what they typically go after either. So. To me, it's probably Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell is who, is who they would pick, in, in my opinion. And I think they probably lean towards 
Un- unless like Kenny Pickett like stinks it up in, in his pro day or, or doesn't look good in the combine or doesn't look good at the senior ball. I think it's Kenny Pickett or, or Sam Howell for them. I think that it's, I think that Kenny Pickett makes the most sense for the team, what that offense needs to look like from, you know, wasn't, I swear Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator at the university of Pittsburgh. I might be wrong. And now, now I have to look that up. Matt Canada was, yes. The, the, the was he OC? Was he? Well, I mean, Pickett? I don't think so. Because I think he's 2016. Been, never mind. He probably. Yeah. I know Kenny Before Pickett's, Pickett's been in college. Uh, Pickett's been there forever, but I don't think he's been there that long. Um, but that's still Narduzzi, so there is still that familiarity. They share I, the Steelers and and the University of Pittsburgh share a facility, so they probably do know quite a bit about Kenny Pickett already. I would think that there's. Maybe not like a okay, uh, we have to trade up to like 10 to get him, like they did with uh, with Devin Bush, but I would think that because of what they already know due to sharing a facility with this with the University of Pittsburgh, there has to be like a, a tipping point for this draft. Like, I understand Kevin Colbert might not have full range to like here's three first round picks. We're going to go up to five to get our guy. But if we get to like 13 or 14, I would assume there's probably a, Hey, like we know so much about this guy. Let's go up and get him. I would assume like 13, somewhere between like 13 and 15. I think that they have to trade up to get their quarterback, but man, I, I, I wouldn't trade up for any of these quarterbacks. Yeah, I also uh, forgot to mention, I think Desmond Ritter will also be in a conversation for them. Not that I think he should go top 20 or, or anywhere near the first or second round. Uh, you know, just just wanted to put that out there. But I think he'll still be a candidate for them. And it will be very on Pittsburgh's brand to end up driving a guy like Desmond Ritter, uh, someone that struggles with accuracy and, and struggles – uh, you know, being a complete quarterback in general. Uh, but fan, it, I think when you think about it, there's only a few players that you can sell the Steelers fans on because ultimately that's the who you're trying to sell people on and, and people uh, people get in the stands. So I, I think really the only three guys you can sell them on is Howe, Pickett, and, and Ritter uh, just because – while Carson Strong is more resembling of Ben Roethlisberger in term, terms of pocket movement, there's just no way he can survive in that offense in how poorly they built that offensive line. So what, what Devin and I are getting to is that for the Steeler fans that listen to this, don't get your hopes up this year. That's Pretty what much. I'm hearing from this, yeah. Look, you it's it's always a, a uphill climb um, to to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, it's hard to be the guy after the guy, basically, because no matter what, you're going to draw comparisons. You have to play at a certain level, or, or people are going to want to see the next thing. So, Mason Rudolph, I think he ends up being the starter, and he ends up being kind of the starter for the year until they're not in contention anymore. And then if they draft their rookie quarterback, they'll throw them, throw them in there. But I don't think this team is ready to uh, contend again until they really build up that offensive line. Anything else you want to talk about this or do you want to hit the break? Not we can hit the break, man. Um, All right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Pittsburgh fans. I hate to, I hate to end on a downer. I mean, I'm usually a more positive guy, but I do have something that will lift your spirits. After this break, Devin's one-on-one interview with Toledo safety, Tyson Anderson. I want to thank our friends over at Jersey House for sponsoring today's show. No one likes paying full price for jerseys, and thanks to Jersey House, you don't have to anymore. Jersey House has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey. Or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. 
head on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world, and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15%. What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Devin Jackson with Blue Chip Scouting as well as risingdraft.com and uh, a co-host of the Big Shots NFL Draft podcast. I am joined today by Toledo safety Tyson Anderson, a, a player that I'm a big fan of, has a unique skill set, and is going to be heading down to the Senior Bowl in a few weeks. So, uh, Tyson, thank you for taking the time today, man, and, and how are you doing? And how's your draft prep going? I uh, appreciate you having me, man. Everything, everything going good. I'm down here in Fort Lauderdale getting after it at XPU with Matt, Matt Gates and uh, Tony Villani and those guys. So we're, we're getting after it every day, every day, really. So it's, it's a blessing to be down here out of Ohio, I'll get some good Florida weather. So it's good down here. Yeah, and obviously the, you know, kind of the, the Midwest and, and states up kind of north have hit, been hit hard with kind of snowstorms. So uh you know, are, are you kind of familiar with the Fort Lauderdale area or, or is this kind of really your first time being out there? Uh, it's really it's really my first time being out here. I, I literally just met some some family members that I have down here for the first time in my life that, that my, my nana, my grandma kind of put introduced me to. So I've been kind of hanging out with them, kind of learning where everything's at, what side of town to stay on, what side of sounds to really stay away from, what's the good restaurants to go eat at, things like that. So they've been taking good care of me. Awesome. Awesome. And, and obviously uh, you kind of, you know, it's kind of your second time in, in warm weather in the last few months playing the Bahamas Bowl. So uh, kind of want to talk a little bit about that. How was that experience being at the Bahamas Bowl and, and being able to to kind of participate in things going on there and then ultimately playing a the game there? Oh, it was it was amazing. Like, obviously, we played Toledo played in that game uh, two times in my career. So we played there. In, I think it was 2019. And then we played obviously this year. So it was kind of the same experience, but obviously just being out of the country, being in another country. I mean, Toledo is a good city, but coming down to Bahamas is a little different. So it was just, it was a lot, great scenery, good beach, good energy, good vibes, and just surrounded by a lot of my teammates, good people. And it was a great time, honestly. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so kind of want to, uh, before uh, we kind of get more into your background, uh, you got the senior bowl in, in a few weeks. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things you've been doing to kind of prep for that and, and getting ready for uh, kind of that showcase in, in front of obviously uh, NFL personnel, uh, some of the best players, best seniors around the country and whatnot? Yeah. So obviously just working out, working out every day. We got two workouts a day with speed, speed, speed work. And then uh, we do some board prep and uh, interview prep and things like that. As far as uh, then uh, specific DB drills and DB work, just honing in on different. I'm a good DB, just honing in on different tools that can make me a great one. So things like that, just kind of just kind of just hone in on becoming a better defensive back. Uh, so now I kind of want to go back in time and, and kind of talk about kind of your upbringing and how you were introduced to the game of football. So, uh, yeah. you know, thinking back now, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're here now on the cusp of going to the senior bowl, but, but when did it all start for you? When, when did you really start picking up a football and, and knew you loved the game of football? Mm-hmm. I, I picked up a football probably as a, as a young kid, just being in the neighborhood, I was always uh, they they always said I could catch real good. So I used to, we always used to play like scramble football in the neighborhood, pick teams, play football, and I, I always catch real good. My other cousins, uh, my cousin named Terrence, uh, we call him Nuno. He played for McKinley Broncos, and and he used to go to practice and stuff. And I was I was young. He was he was like four five, four years older than me, so he would go to practice and I would just be stuck just because I I wasn't even old enough to even play for real. And then one summer, to my, my he told me to come up there with him, and my dad was like, "Go, oh, come on, let's go." And I went out there, and everybody my age was on like the pee wee team, but I was always kind of like kind of a taller kid, so I got to play on on the uh, like kind of the middle team, not the big team, but like the, the middle team. So it was always just getting hit around by a bunch of dudes who was way older than me and bigger than me. It just kind of got me ready to for what I was going to eventually do in the future. So. That's pretty much when I first got started to just playing in the neighborhood and then just playing, uh, going to those practices and getting introduced to the McKinley Broncos as a little kid. And that was that was really when the game kind of first started to come around and I finally first started to love it, really. 
Uh, now, you know, kind of, kind of talking about that, uh, you know, playing, playing in a neighborhood, uh, where did you grow up and, and kind of what area were you kind of grow up in? Because I believe I, I saw that you, you are from originally from Ohio. So uh, where did you kind of, I guess, what kind of area of, of, of Ohio did, uh, did you grow up? Yeah, I actually, I actually, I'm from the city of Toledo. Like I'm, my, my parents' house is, is five minutes away from the university, seven minutes right down the street. So I grew up kind of on the south and west side of Toledo, just kind of inner city of Toledo. Uh, but we, we, my parents live right now on the south side, but all my family and where I played all those pickup football games was on the west side of Toledo. Gotcha. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously you talked about football. Were there any other sports that you were interested uh, while growing up or played uh, as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, basketball is really like kind of my – I kind of – when I first started playing football, football was the first sport that I ever played. But when I got introduced to basketball, I kind of fell in love with it. And then, you know, like kind of like seventh, eighth grade, I kind of really started to realize, like, I could really – I was really good at football. And my coaches told me, like, man, you can you can really be special. And and I just – I still remember that to this day. Coach Coach Batson for the McKinley Broncos, he told me that I could be special at football. And as that, that seventh, eighth grade kid was like, all right, yeah. But – and then just as the years go on, my work ethic just continued to improve and – and develop my game and I started to get better coaching and, and different coaching and things just kind of just kept trending in the upward direction. Uh, so and, I played basketball and then when I got to high school, I played football and basketball in high school and like growing up. And then when I got to high school, I really didn't have nothing to really do in like the, like the spring after like basketball season. And I always like to stay busy because the school I went to, like going back to where I grew up at, it was really, really nothing there besides to get into trouble. So I, I just tried to stay at the school as long as possible. And so I started running track and got really good at track. So I was a three-court athlete my whole high school career. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of diving a little bit more into kind of each different sport, uh, basketball, uh, it's kind of a two-part question, but basketball, what positions were you mainly playing uh, kind of in basketball and then track, what events did you participate or, or run in? Yeah, so for basketball, I was uh, like a small forward, power forward, uh, I was pretty much like the Draymond Green of our basketball team. I wasn't the best player, but if you ask any of the dudes on the team, we had Division One basketball players, D2 basketball players, but I like to think I was the most valuable with my, my defensive presence and rebounding and just leadership on the court. So basketball is for sure a fun sport. It's probably the most fun I had in the sport in high school, for real, at my basketball career. And then for track, track, uh, I did I did pretty much everything besides like kind of the distance. I did uh, the 100, the 200, the 400, all the relays, four by one, four by two, four by four. And then I was a really good high jumper and long jumper. Those were my like my two specialties. Um, and, you know, kind of thinking about uh, kind of how you started to shape your football career and, and playing some of these other sports, you talk about, uh, you know, kind of being a, a real good defensive presence in basketball. Uh, do you think kind of that mentality that you had while playing basketball kind of also translates to uh, you playing, uh, you know, at the collegiate level and, and being a, a defensive back and kind of being a hybrid type of player? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you think on the basketball court, it's all about angles, all about sliding your feet the right way, and those are the same techniques. I mean, it's a little different, but you still got to have some type of quickness on sliding your feet back to back and and, and being physical on the basketball court is a little different than being physical on the football court, football field, obviously. But as far as the sliding your feet and stuff like that is, those go hand in hand with the defensive back. And and I'm glad that I, that I played basketball and was a good defender like I was because it for sure translates to the football field. Uh, now going back to kind of, uh, you know, football, uh, when did you knew that you had the chance to play at the collegiate level? Uh, and then what was kind of your recruiting process like uh, through a high school? Yeah, so like when I was a freshman, I, I mean, obviously me and my, my parents, we always talked about like college. My dad always told me from when, when I was a little kid, like, man, one day Tyson, like one day T man, somebody go, uh, they go pay for your college. And when he was saying that at the time, I really didn't even know what college was. So then when I continued to get better at football and, and some of my friends that I grew up with, uh, they started to get college offers and they started to get them way before I did. I didn't get my first offer. So I was like a junior. They might've got theirs maybe like a year, a year and a half before me. So I was always like, all right, it's going to come. It's going to come. Just kind of keep working, keep developing yourself. And I was always, I was always really like a late bloomer for real. Like, any out of all the sports I've like since I started playing football, I was never 
I was never always I was never the best player on my team ever. I was always a kid that just that worked hard for for what he what he wanted and what he had to get. So I never really so that was really pretty much my story for real, honestly. And then I kind of low key forgot the the second part of the question. Um, and, and I was saying, you know, kind of how was the recruiting process like and, and you know, kind of, uh, you know, you say you got your first offer uh, your junior year. Uh, what was that process like and, and visiting with schools you ended up visiting, things like that? No, yeah. So the first offer was was Toledo. First offer was Toledo. I was a, I was a junior in high school. I was I was driving to I was driving to school and I was in the Chick-fil-A line and coach called me. And I, and I don't, I don't know why he calling me this early anyway. So I'm like, what's up, coach? Like, I'm just on my way to school. <laughs> he like, yeah, man, we uh here to offer you a first scholarship. So like, I'm like super excited in the Chick-fil-A line, Chick-fil-A worker trying to talk to me. I'm telling her like, hold on one second. Like, I don't even know who to talk to, whether the Chick-fil-A worker or her. And I just remember being just super excited and just getting off the phone with her and just, just uh, texting my family group chat. And just be like, man, dad, man, mom, like, y'all don't got to pay for college. And, and they was just super excited. And they really didn't even know what I was talking about. And that was just a super surreal moment. That's kind of where it all started. And, I, and in high school, I had, I think I had about seven, seven or eight offers. Had like uh, OU, I'm probably going to miss a few of them. OU, Eastern, uh, B, BG, school down south, um, Eastern Kentucky, no, Western Kentucky, um, the Air Force Academy. And my biggest offer was the University of Kentucky. And then obviously picked Toledo. And it was, it was, go ahead. No, that was that was pretty much all I was saying. So that was pretty much all the schools that kind of recruited me and stuff like that. Yeah, it was my follow-up question was gonna be uh what ultimately made you decide to to go ahead and pick Toledo and, and stay home and play college ball there? So obviously like SEC ball was like everybody wanna play in the SEC, like who doesn't? And I remember going to a, a visit and I, I just, it just really, it didn't feel like home to me. It just, it just, for me personally, it just didn't feel like the place that, that God wanted me to be in, that God was calling me to be. And my, my dad, my dad loved to visit. I loved to visit. They had a lot of nice stuff. The facilities was great. People were great, but it just didn't, it was something missing. And, and I was already committed to Toledo at that time. So when I went on that visit, obviously Toledo was kind of worried that they was going to lose me, but. I'm always, I've always been like a man of my word. So, and once I didn't get that, that same feeling, that same love, it was kind of an easy decision. And I really, I wasn't gonna play anywhere in the MAC besides for my hometown city. So that was, that was an easy decision for me. And then, yeah, uh, I was gonna ask next, uh, you know, while you were in high school, what, what were some of the positions? Do you play both ways? Uh, in high school, on your on your high school team, um, and uh, what was kind of your main position while you, while you were in high school? Yeah, so my main position was uh, was receiver. I mean, was uh, DB corner. I played corner in high school, and then I played a little receiver. Wish I'd have played a little bit more. Looking back on it, just receiver was just so fun. Who don't like scoring touchdowns and stuff like that? I like blocking and stuff like that. I did a little uh, kick return my senior year, so it was mainly DB, a little receiver, and then a little kick return. Gotcha. Uh, and and uh, obviously, uh, you get to Toledo, and you ultimately become a safety. What was that transition like from playing corner uh, and playing receiver mostly in high school to now you're not asked to be to play safety at the college level? No, yeah, honestly, it, it was truly probably probably the best thing that that probably happened to my my career. Honestly, I mean, we we had a stacked we had a stacked room. We had a lot of. Trayvon Math, Trey Mathis, Kadar Holman. It's a lot of dudes in that room. Even Sam Womack was in that room, dude, who's a, a DB going into the league this year. We we guys we had league guys in that room, and it was a, it was a stacked room. We got coached by a great coach, by Coach Kank Kank a legend, DB coach, legend, Coach Poe, legend, real legend. And then uh, corner, it just I wasn't I wasn't necessarily ready for the college DB lifestyle. I wasn't ready to be a college D, college corner just yet. So that safety position really just it just helped me learn the game. It helped me learn the defense. It helped me to to really just slow the game down and process it more because I'm an intelligent football player. And when I can I can when I back then when I could think a little bit more, it, it helped me make more plays. So that was really one of the best things that that probably happened to me in my college career. And then as the years kept going along, I continued to 
develop as a defensive back, continue to work on my T-step, continue to work on, on press techniques and things like that, continue to work on, on my hips, making sure I can, can flip them the right way and be efficient in my steps. So as the years got on, I went from just being a player that can play safety to a player that, that never stopped working on his game, really, and was always just hungry to get better. And I went from that player who can only play safety to the player who's a bigger, bigger defensive back who can kind of move around kind of anywhere he's where the coaches needed me to play. Now, and, um, and, and you talk about kind of that development and whatnot, uh, but one thing that that's also kind of stood out uh, to me as part of your game is the work that you've done on special teams. You have, uh, you know, I believe over 700 special team snaps in your career. Uh, was that a way, uh, you know, kind of your special teams mentality, was that a way for you to kind of like get on the field and obviously see more playing time and obviously gain, start to gain some of the, the trust of the coaching staff? Nah, for me, honestly, it was, it was never really about gaining trust for the coach staff. It was really just, I just, I just wanted to win. I just, I just like winning. And, and I was a young player and the only way I could contribute to, to our team's success was to running down on the kickoff or blocking for uh, Denzel or Deontay on punt return or, or blocking for Deontay on KOR. Like it was just, it was just always something that, that I prided myself in. I didn't care. I just wanted to be on the field, honestly. And, and if that was the way that I was going to play, if that was the way I was going to, I didn't care if I got a snap on defense. I just wanted to, to, just be on the field, honestly, and just contribute to what we were doing. And special teams was my way of doing it, and I was good at it. And a lot of people didn't want to do it. I was like, man, I'll do it. Like, y'all don't want to play? I'll play. Come on, let's go. And I was good at it and just ran with it. Uh, 2017, 2018 uh, were kind of years that uh, you kind of served as a backup. But 2019, you uh, had your starting safety for, for Toledo, uh, mm -hmm. you know, had a really good season. Uh, what went into kind of that 2019 season for you uh, in terms of, you know, getting that next step up, getting those those starter reps and, and being relied on as, as one of the, uh, you know, one of the best players kind of in that defensive backfield and, and kind of being asked to do a lot of different things uh, in your defensive scheme? No, yeah, it was, it was honestly, it was, a, it was easy to, to step up into that role because I mean, I was, I was ready for it. Honestly, I, I, I never cheated the process. I never, I never, I never complained. I never, I was behind a good player. Josh Tichy, he was a good player. I was behind him. I was, but I, when I was behind him, I never stopped studying the game. I never stopped trying to get better. I wanted his position. I wanted it bad, but it just wasn't my time yet. So when it became my time, I knew I was going to hit it out the park because the times when I, it wasn't my time, I was always working. I was always coming in for extra work. I was never, I was always in a facility. I was always meeting with my coach. I was always trying to study my plays. I was always calling his phone. I was, I was just always just trying to just get better. I, I begged him to coach me. I just wanted to be coached. I wanted to, so when it was my time, I knew, I knew that I was going to hit it out the park because I never wasted no days. And uh, kind of uh, learn a little bit more about, uh, how they use you in in the Toledo defense. Obviously, you you played uh, you know nickel snaps. You played single high, two high. Uh, played in the box. Uh, what what's kind of uh, what kind of was their vision with you on the field? Where does it just put you in kind of those matchup scenarios, or, or what was kind of their uh, I guess game plan around moving you all to moving you around kind of to all those different spots and, and being asked to uh, you know cover several different positions on the field. It was really just, I mean, if they had a good a good slot receiver, I would match I would match them in the slot. Like uh, we had we played a lot of good slot receivers this year in our conference. We had some good players in our conference. If we had a good tight end, like I missed a lot of opportunities to guard a lot of those good tight ends this year, tight end from Colorado State, tight end from Notre Dame. And and I wanted to so bad and I was so hungry to get back out there, but obviously I was I was hurt. But it was really just I mean, my coaches, they trusted my ability, they trusted the work that I put in. Obviously I wouldn't have been able to to bounce around as much as I did if I didn't understand the defense. So understanding like the whole scheme of our defense, it just helped me help my help my versatility for real. Because obviously, if I, if I only knew the nickel, they wouldn't play me at safety. If I, if I only knew safety, they wouldn't play me a nickel. If I didn't know what the wheel did, they wouldn't put me in the box. It would just be it would just be stupid on their end for real. Because it's, it's so so it was really just. I knew the defense and, and wherever the matchup needed me to play, I was comfortable because I put the work in. And I was I was just comfortable at every position. Honestly. Yeah, and then you talked about being injured earlier this year. And once you got back, it seemed like you, you didn't miss a beat. 
Um, you know, this season, when you're thinking about this season, uh, what kind of stands out to you or what do you feel like uh, you really showcase, uh, you know, maybe to, to NFL evaluators or, or just people and, uh, you know, NFL coaches or, or people at the next level? What, uh, what do you feel like you, you show them with kind of your versatility and being able to play all those different spots we just discussed a, a minute ago? Yeah, first thing I think I truly show them is just my perseverance. Like a lot of those scouts, they came in. I mean, I went through a lot of injuries. So, like, this year was, like, I've never been hurt my whole career. So, like, going through a lot of this stuff was just – it was honestly brand new to me, but my, my character was so strong and what I believed in was so strong. It was so easy to, to persevere. I had a messed up hand. I had a messed up ankle. I, I messed my knee up a little bit. But, and those scouts, they came in and saw me on crutches. They saw me all braced up. They saw me with a cast on my hand, with a boot on my ankle and, and the, in the middle of August. And, and I came back and – and only missed three games and, and thankful to our, our weight room staff and our strength conditioning and our, our athletic trainers, because without them to, I would be, I would be messed up still. So I'm just thankful for them really. And then I just showed them that first of perseverance for real, that no matter if my back against the wall, only thing I see is to work out of it and to get my way out of it. And that's just been my motto since I was a little kid. And so continue to be my motto to whatever team I go to is going to be just to work. No, nothing is nothing is like given. Everything is earned, and I've been earning everything since I was a little kid. And I continue to have that mindset and that hunger to just keep going no matter what. And then just, I just showed them that I can that I can play everywhere that, and I can play at a high level in any position. And and I'm continue to just hone in on my on my DB skills to to just add value to myself, honestly. And I think that's what I showed them a lot. Um, now, uh, you know, you got some big things coming up, obviously going through the draft process, uh, senior bowl coming up and whatnot. Uh, you know, have teams talked to you about playing a specific position or is it still kind of they want to see you uh, kind of showcase your full range of versatility and play all those kind of similar positions like, you know, nickel, safety, uh, you know, will linebacker. Is that something they're still asking you to kind of showcase, you know, going forward as well? Yeah, I honestly haven't heard heard too many questions about what position, honestly. So I can't even truly even answer that question. I just you know wherever they want me to go in the senior bowl, I'm going to go out there and do my techniques and, and, and compete to the best of my ability and, and just have fun and ball out. And, and whatever I do, I know I'm going to ball on special teams. So that's, that's where I'm going to make my, my bread and butter at. So it hasn't been really no, no true position that they didn't tell me, whether it's safety, free safety, strong, nickel, corner, Nobody has told me anything. Just to, all I know is to keep working, honestly. Gotcha. Um, now, uh, kind of reflecting back on your your five plus years at Toledo, uh, you know, what were some of the you know things that kind of stick out to you as some of your best plays that you made or, or best games you played in? Uh, what, what, what would you say, uh, you know, are, are those for you? Yeah, to be honest, I'd probably say obviously winning the MAC championship my freshman year is one of the moments that. I've never. That was the first championship that I that I won in my entire career. As a, as a, I mean, obviously like a conference championship, but never a state championship. So that was the first the championship that I won. And then, other than that, I mean, like being voted a captain, a three-time captain of the team. That's that was that was that was bigger than any probably play I ever made. Just knowing that I had the respect that I have in the locker room and the love that I got from my guys and the love that I that I showed from that I, that I still receive from them. And that's that's probably a moment being voted the first captain, being a junior captain that year, and just thinking I was gonna be a thinking I was gonna be a captain, knowing I had to step up, and knowing I had to to just continue to just develop my leadership skills, and, and seeing that the guy saw me in that light was just huge. And I just remember seeing at that table when we were about to call captains and like sweating and my arms sweating, like dang man, this moment really about to happen. And being a small, being from Toledo, like. I never would have known when I was a little kid that I'd be a captain of, of the University of Toledo, let alone a three-time captain. So that was that was that was a great moment for me in my career. And then graduating college, honestly, um, got my undergrad degree in professional sales, first person to graduate college in my immediate family, and I'm about to be 23 in June, and, and I'm gonna have my master's while I'm 23. So I mean, that's that's probably the moments that that I'll never forget being the MAC championship, being a captain. And then graduate from, from college is that's I'm blessed, honestly, for real. 
Gotcha, man. Um, now, uh, you know, kind of uh, some, some quick hitting questions. Uh, what was your, your toughest matchup, uh, you know, over your, your five years, uh, you know, maybe a player uh, that, that was tough to guard or a player that, uh, you know, was tough to tackle? Uh, what, what's, what's that one player that sticks out in your mind as, as one of the toughest you played? Okay, so I'm not really that good with names, but so obviously uh, Central Michigan slot receiver, uh, Pimpleton, eighty-eight. He was he was a good player. Uh, Sky Moore from Western, great great receiver. Um, I, the Colorado State tight end. We played him when I was uh, um, at Colorado State. I can't remember the year, but he was he was really good. Uh, the BYU tight end um, in twenty nineteen. We played him. We played him at home. He was he was a good 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 tight end. Uh, I know I'm probably missing some dudes, man. Just no disrespect to none of the good dudes I didn't check. But I mean, those are the dudes that just first come to name. Those are some good players. Um, and and looking back, uh, I know you said the MAC championship was probably your your favorite game. Uh, was there a favorite win that you had this year uh, that that stuck out in your mind? Favorite win this year. My favorite, my favorite win in in my Toledo history was my freshman year when we beat Tulsa on a, on a game 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 winning field when we. Were, we were down, I think, like 17 and a half or 17 points at some point in that game. And I was obviously just a special teams player at the time, but just seeing our resilience and how we came back into, I think we won the game by like one point, and Jameson Vest kicked a, kicked a like a 40-yard field goal to win the game as time expired. That was like the best game like that I ever seen, that I ever like been a part of. That game was just crazy. But then just this year, I mean, we had so we had a lot of a lot of tough games that came down to the wire, and, and we we lost some of them too. You know, we lost we had we went seven to six men, and five of the six losses were to like within like three points. So like we were right on the cusp of the favorite game this year, man. Whew. That Western win was pretty was pretty big. How, how our defense played because obviously Western they got that high power offense. Skyler Moore. Um, and um, they got they they can attack you in so many places in our defense. I, I believe we gave up 15 points that game, and and we might have gave up, we might have gave them all up in the first half. So that was that was one of the, the, the my favorite games is how we played defensively, and things like that. So that's that's probably one of my favorite games just because that was a high power offense and we really we really persevered and just kind of when things got hard we all just came together and that was that was a great win. Um, um, and we mentioned this a few times during this interview, but but senior ball a few weeks away. Uh, what are you looking forward to most uh, about being down in Mobile and, and being able to to uh, you know compete against like I, like I said earlier, some of the best seniors uh, across the country? What, what are you looking forward to most about uh, that week there? Oh man, I'm just looking forward to man, just really just competing with everybody, man. I just everybody go look at you. As, I'm from Toledo. I'm a small city. I'm a small small kid school, but. My heart is so big, and the way I compete is so, so, so. I'm so hungry to to compete. I'm so hungry to to show dudes what we got in the mat because we we got some ballers, we got some players that that can really make plays on at every position. And a lot of people they they overlook us. They they think we 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 they they, they think they a little better than us, and, and it just it just it just make me hungry really just to go out there and show them what we got, and show them what I got, honestly. So I'm just excited to just compete for real. Uh, and during this time of preparing, training, uh, get ready for the, the draft, obviously, in, in a few months, is there anything uh, in particular that you've been kind of focusing on in on to, to either improve or, or some, to strengthen uh, specifically with your game and, and skill set? Uh, just different, different, different like press techniques, just honing in on my press techniques. because I know that's that senior ball. I mean, that's the one on one period for DBs is, and receivers. That's where you that's where you get your money at. That's where that's where your draft stock either increase or decrease. So you got to, the, the most important part of the, the the route, the rep is is the beginning. Like if you win the beginning of the rep at that line of scrimmage, I mean you can disrupt the, the timing of the quarterback. Not a, I get my one hand on the receiver, not a ball is overthrown two yards. So I know I got to win the, the initial start of those reps because I know I can run. I know I can I can finish plays when they're in the air. I know I can change direction good, but I have to start good at the line of scrimmage. So that's that's pretty much what I'm honing in on and just trying to add different tools to my bag. Uh, 
and, and you kind of talk about some of the ability to, uh, you know, use, you know, different techniques and whatnot. Uh, is there kind of your, anything particularly your go-to, uh, you know, in terms of your, your press technique or uh, was there something that you mainly relied on or like you said, you continue to try to, to add variety to it so you can throw different things at receivers? Yeah, trying to add different stuff to a rivalry because we we at this level, man, you can't, like you can't you can't do the same thing four straight times. Cause I mean, they go switch it up, they go change it up, and it, it's just a chess game at this point. Everybody talented, everybody athletic, everybody fast, everybody quick. So if you continue to do the same thing day in and day out, you'll get beat a lot. <laughs> you'll get you'll get beat a lot. So just you gotta just continue to add things to your bag to to trick the receiver. Whether I'm I'm inching one play or whether I'm in a receiver chest real quick, whether I'm faking a jam and popping back, you just gotta continue to to just do different stuff to to give yourself a little advantage. It's all about giving yourself a little advantage so you can make plays. Sure. Uh, final question here before before I get you out of here. Um, you know, so the question I like to ask, but you know, you're, you're sitting in front of you know NFL scout, NFL coach, et cetera, and and you know they they ask you, you know, why why should they take Tyson Anderson? Uh, what would be your response to them in terms of you know just yourself as a player, and, and I guess kind of make the case for yourself, at, you know, as as one of the premier players in, in this draft class. Yeah, if I was to talk about myself, man, I would just say, man, Tyson Anderson, he's a dude who's reliable, he's hungry, he's hardworking, he's accountable, dependable. I'm a leader first and foremost. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great a high care guy, like we say at Toledo, and and I'm I, I think I'm the best special teams player in this draft, and and I think I add value to I can add value to any team on on all four units of special teams, and and my versatility as a defensive back and is is the tape shows it. So I feel like my my special teams first and more foremost is is one of the reasons why I'm one of the top players in this draft, and I'm going to continue to work hard and and stay humble and just be a humble worker and a high care guy wherever I go. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking, taking the time this Sunday afternoon uh, to talk with, me, talk with me about, about your kind of your history, uh, you know, kind of skill set and, and everything you bring to the table. And, and like I said uh, to you personally, uh, one of my favorite players I've, I've watched in this draft class in terms of what you bring to the table and, and how you play and how you finish play. So it's definitely appreciate you taking the time. Uh, to talk with me, man. Uh, would love to talk again, you know, uh, some maybe later in the draft process as well. Uh, when, whenever you're free, I know you have a busy schedule in the next few months, but, uh, but you know, wishing you the best going forward and, and looking forward to watching you down the senior bowl, man. No, I yeah, appreciate you, man. We're going to stay in touch for sure. Appreciate you.